Thanks to Literati for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Literati is the subscription book club that makes it easy to get unique and interesting books delivered to your door. Redeem your free trial at literati.com slash applebits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Song here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. If you're new, if you're an old timer, if you're a regular, we welcome you all. This is the show where we kind of talk about all the latest and greatest Apple news each week and then how it might have a place in the greater tech world as a whole. Thank you so much for coming out. This is always going to be fun. We got some MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, we got iPhone, we got, we got a lot of stuff coming up in this week's episode. But first, we got some orders of business. You know what to do if you want to be a part of the show and call in. All you got to do is send in a voice memo, record it, and then send it out to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Put your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. I know that we are in a little bit of a lull, and that's okay, but send it in. Be a part of the show. It just adds a whole lot more texture to it. Also, this show is all about you and is sponsored by you to use three. That's three now. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my work and the podcast. You get early access to my content, benefits at every level, and a completely ad-free version of the podcast. So all this stuff that you're hearing right now, you don't hear it at all. So thank you so much for everyone who continues to support me. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. All right, let's just get right into things. And we have a couple of new stories that just broke on the day of this recording. They're going to be a little scattered because I wanted to kind of block it together with actual product topics. So I think that there has been kind of a little more buzzy buzz. Is that is that a is that a terminology? A little bit of buzzy buzz around the new MacBook Pros because earlier this week, Ming Chi Kuo had said, "Hey, uh, expect them to come sometime in September of 20." 21 which would be this year so don't don't wait for the you know the next few months don't expect anything to happen anytime soon september 2022 was the target as of a few days ago well now ming chi kuo has chimed in with another follow-up report specifically relating to the displays in the new rumored 14 inch and 16 inch redesigned macbook pros and we are expecting them to arrive with mini LED displays sometime in the third quarter of this year. Now, earlier, Ming-Chi-Ko was pretty set on September because he said the production peak will be in October, which means September would be when we'd expect to see Apple make some sort of announcement. Well, he's kind of changing that now because, of course, the third quarter of this year, which everyone has kind of been targeting, has been July to September. We've heard Mark Gurman from Bloomberg say, hey, uh, don't expect anything until the fall. Apple's focusing on that now to kind of temper everyone's expectations for more Apple products all the time. And the thing is that they're still going to be relevant during all this time, even if it feels, quote unquote, like a dry spell right now. But what Ming-Chi Kuo is now saying is that Apple may decide to hold a separate event for the Mac in October or November, instead of just trying to put the new MacBook Pros and combine them with the release of the iPhones. And I think that makes total sense because we already know that September, typically we get new iPhones and new Apple Watch. Are you going to really throw MacBook Pros in there when they can kind of stand alone and maybe come with some other announcements? Maybe it's, you know, AirPods third generation alongside the MacBook Pros. So the thinking is right now, 
as of this moment, which could change at any time, iPhones and Apple Watch in September, and maybe return of the MacBook Pro in October or November for its own event. Now, one of the things that has been the bottleneck of this whole thing for the MacBook Pro, the supply chain and struggles with production of the mini LED displays. We saw the same kind of delays or struggles with shipments that affected the actual iPad Pro back in April. I think when people started ordering them, they were already pushed out to maybe like a month and a month and a half if you're looking for the mini LED version of the iPad Pros. So Quo has also, and many other people have reported about this new MacBook Pro, additional ports, HDMI, an SD card slot, the removal of the touch bar, MagSafe, a new design kind of with the flat body, flat edges, rounded corners, an M1X processor potentially, but either way, an updated processor compared to the M1 right now. This is my dream. I've been on an Intel machine, even though I was so tempted. I was so tempted to jump over and just even get like a Mac mini to do some of my work on, but Premiere has still not truly native on the M1 yet. They have a beta out and it works pretty good, but there's still a, a few quirks for things that I that I do that it doesn't necessarily work with. I was gonna get an M1, but then, and I think even right now, I think uh, there's been some sales on a M1 Mac mini, at least entry level, that's under $500, which is crazy for a machine like that. But do I, am I, do I just wanna spend $500? No, I'm not that crazy. So the new MacBook Pros, I've been longing for them. I've been waiting for them. Take your time. I've been dealing with Intel. And when I say dealing, it's a first world problem, but the fan goes off constantly, almost right when I start rendering any video. And if it's just even like a medium warm day, the fan will always be on. So I'm looking forward to everything from the power consumption to the performance, to the quietness of the fan for whatever this new M1X chip is, uh, to a new screen, a new body. This is the MacBook Pro. If you have been waiting and you're still like, oh, maybe, maybe I should just get one or don't, don't, don't do anything. Let's just wait till September. Heck, if you got to wait till October, November, it's going to be worth the wait. Now, if we also want to talk about what's happening in the MacBook family earlier this week, a report from Twitter leaker, scooper, Dylan DKT revealed that according to his sources or hers, Apple's planning to launch the M2 chip not in the MacBook Pro this year, but in a redesigned MacBook Air model set for the first half of 2022. Now you're wondering, well, why why would an M2 be in an Air and not in a in the new MacBook Pros? Well, here's the thing: the Air, the Pros with an M1X is going to be optimized and fully maxed out, and it, it might sound counterintuitive. But the belief is if they're putting more cores, higher performance, higher efficiency, higher graphics cores, and they've really mastered that M1X, it's okay. It, the M2 will have its advantages, but they're not going to fully load it. So there's, there's no way they're going to release at least an entry-level M2 in a MacBook Air that outperforms a MacBook Pro or a Mac Pro or whatever they put these M1X chips in. So according to the leaker Dylan DKT, Sometime next year, 2022, in the first half, we will see a new M2 chip 
in those kind of what have been rumored to be the more colorful designed MacBook Airs, maybe taking a cue from the color IMAX to match that aesthetic with the white border. John Prosser had thrown out leaks a long time ago. You can see them in some of my previous videos. So what do you think about that? M2 and the MacBook Air. I mean, it, if I've already skipped the M1 generation, and if I'm someone who many of you are using a laptop that is still fully functioning, and there is, again, I only think that you should replace your laptop either if you're a rich person who buys an upgrade every year, or you're just really pressed and finally it's on its last legs. Because for most of us, you're, you, the computer that you're using today is doing exactly what you want. It might be a little slower, but if you're really pumping out 4K videos, if you're a creative doing intensive Photoshop, multiple layers, Adobe After Effects, Adobe Premiere, 3D rendering with Maya, you're you're already going to get a, you're already probably going to be getting most of the recent hardware, at least within the past two or three years. But for a lot of you, just wait it out. Be patient. Don't spend your money. And it'll it'll pay off in the long run. Now, if you're curious, oh, I've never heard of this Dylan DKT leaker before. I mean, this person isn't necessarily one of the prolific leakers, but also has been really accurate in the past, throwing out the idea that five months before we haven't heard about it, that the next generation iPad Pro would feature an M1 chip. At the time, everyone's like, oh, is it going to be an A15? What is it going to be? And yes, I know. Pretty much it's like the same architecture, but they changed the name and there's really not that much difference other than a marketing name. But when everyone's like, oh, there's an M1 in the MacBook Pro and the new Mac Mini, are they gonna, they're not gonna do it in an iPad Pro. He was the first that said, hey, iPad Pro will have an M1 chip. He was also the first person that predicted correctly that the redesigned iMacs that we saw this year uh, that would replace kind of the smaller entry-level iMac would also feature an M1 chip instead of a lot of the rumors and leakers were saying, oh, M1X, they're, they're already gonna make the next generation. So Dylan DKT has credibility specifically in this space when it comes to processor announcements aligned with new products, especially very early on. So it's at least worth more than a grain of salt, but nothing is official until it's official. So here's a fun story specifically relating to the M1 MacBook Pro processor. And Tom's Guide, which is another tech outlet that does reviews and great stuff, they had recently tested Apple's claim of wireless web browsing battery life of 17 hours. And so they were able to set up an interview with Apple marketing VP Bob Borchers, who talked to them about the M1 MacBook battery life. And in a fun nugget, he said that the battery life was so good that Apple internally thought that the battery indicator was buggy and was just not responding properly because in their own tests, they had been able to test out a MacBook Pro with an M1 early on around 16 hours and 25 minutes. That was in their own web surfing test. Apple's previous Intel model lasted 10 hours and 21 minutes. And it was such a huge difference that internally it caused Apple to basically do a double take. So Borcher says, when we, first, when we saw that first system and then you sat there and played with it for a few hours and the battery didn't move, we thought, oh man, that's a bug. The battery indicator is broken. And then Borchers added that Tim's laughing in the background and he says, nope, that's the way it's supposed to be. And according to Borchers, it was pretty phenomenal. And so not only did this 
remember when the M1 MacBook Pro came out and all those all those performance numbers were being thrown around, people were skeptics. People were shooting it down like this is not possible. And then once you started getting in people's hands, the the proof was in the pudding. You know, I've talked about it plenty how renders, 4K renders of a 20 minute video, uh, a final piece 20 minute video took half the amount of time on an M1 running in emulation on Rosetta 2 versus natively on an Intel machine without any emulation. That was how crazy the M1 was. And I, and I was, I thought, I was like, is it, is it really this good? And you put your review together based on what you know and what you see. And you don't know if it, it is really like the best processor that Apple has thrown out and arguably one of the best in the industry today. So that was just kind of one of those whoa moments. And, and it really told us that Apple's onto something big. And this is now the year of the Mac. I guess technically this is year two of the, of the Mac reimagined because of the M1 and whatever the M1X is. But this is the start of it. And I just think it's fun to hear that, at least internally, Apple's marketing team was like, is something wrong? And no. This is just how it is. So, like I said earlier, just play it cool, everybody. Just wait it out. All right, we also have some new iPad news. There's been a lot of iPad stuff flowing around over the past week, but another story that just dropped at the time of this recording, another one from Ming-Chi Kuo, who had recently been talking about mini LED displays and the supply chain for the new MacBook Pros, which is looking around somewhere maybe close to the third quarter this year, but could be even pushed out as an event in October or sheesh, even November. Well, now he's talking about the mini LED display specifically to the high-end 12.9-inch iPad Pro. That was the only iPad Pro that had that display. Remember, we had Apple here, talked to them about it, and they kind of alluded to that it was more of a strategic thing because of you know the different type of user that uses the larger screen iPad Pro demands a better screen. Well, like we thought, we're like, mm, are you sure about that? Or is it a supply thing? Or you're just doing this in year one and then rolling out this feature to more models in year two, which is historically what Apple has done. We've seen it across the board on their products. Well, according to Ming-Chi Kuo, Apple plans to make the new mini LED display technology available in the smaller 11-inch iPad Pro in 2022. Again, this is according to Ming-Chi Kuo. This is not an official thing, but it does line up with a lot of things that we've heard. We've also heard rumors that Apple is pursuing OLED displays. So not only would we see an iPad Pro with a mini LED in 2022, we're expecting an iPad Pro 11-inch with a mini LED display. There's also been reports that the new MacBook Air next year will be equipped with a mini LED display as well. And then we also know that it's reportedly, uh, it's reported that we'll see a mini LED in this year's MacBook Pro. So, and mini LED, we don't know how long it's here to stay. It's obviously the next generation technology that Apple is pursuing. We know that OLED's out there. We know the benefits of OLED, true, true blacks. Top of the line color accuracy. I think for me, the biggest risk is burn-in, specifically if you're using this on a laptop computer where you have a lot of icons that are the same. They're gonna have to put a lot of tools in there. There's kind of like an image shifting tool and a pixel refresh tool that we've seen in modern TVs that helps out a whole lot. Um, So 
it shouldn't be as susceptible, but still the nature of the technology still potentially can suffer from burning, whereas mini LED is brighter than OLED. It doesn't get to true, true blacks, but it gets pretty dark. It does have some blooming issues when you have uh, really bright areas next to really dark areas, but it does not suffer from burning. Uh, and again, it can be brighter than OLED. So there's kind of really give and takes between both of the, both of the technologies. Now, I talked about OLED displays, and we've heard about this transition that Apple will eventually be pushing some of their products to OLED. So it's going to be an interesting kind of wait-and-see game to really see what Apple does, which product's going to have mini-LED, which ones are going to have OLED. It's kind of mishmash, mosh-posh of products with different types of displays, even within product lines. Because a new report from the Elect says that Apple is planning to release a 10.8-inch iPad with an OLED display next year, followed by the company's second iPad with an OLED display in 2023. Now, this claim could feel like, okay, where is this coming from in 10.8 inch? An iPad Air, the kind of the most modern of the iPads other than the Pros, is a 10.9 inch screen. So a lot of people are thinking that 10.8 inch OLED screen that they're referring to might be the fifth generation iPad Air. But we've heard that Apple has been looking towards OLED for quite some time. I mean, it's been reported probably for the past couple years, and it was a surprise when all of a sudden, you know, we saw mini LED, but then are they really just going to kind of hang with mini LED just for a two-year run? I've got to imagine it goes longer than that, and that's why some products are probably going to have mini LED. Some products, depending on who they're geared for specifically, are going to have OLED. And according to this report from the ELEC, in 2023, they're playing for multiple iPads that have OLED displays, and then they'll actually use a little bit of different OLED technology. There's like a rigid OLED, and there's a flexible OLED display panels. Also, implementing ProMotion 120 hertz refresh rate. That's currently exclusive to the iPad Pro at the moment. So, you know, does that affect them implementing that or not? We'll see. So mini LED coming, OLED also coming. It's going to get figured out whenever it gets figured out. And another fun little tidbit of iPad Pro news, you know, I talked about this in my recent video from this week, but it was kind of different over the past year or so where the iPad showed off new technology before the iPhone. In the past, the iPhone has kind of been that flagship product that sets the table and shows off some of the new technologies, like a new processor, um, sometimes even like new display technology that then trickles down or at least is adopted in the same year. But later in the year to something like the iPad, well, that changed this year. COVID was part of that because of the delays with the arrival of the new iPhones, at least for the iPhone 12 family. Because if you forgot, the iPad Air was the first to showcase um, Apple's latest 5 nanometer chip. That is the A14 Bionic chip inside of the iPad Air. That A14 Bionic chip is also the same one that's found in the iPhone 12. And then later on, you have the iPad Pro models. They're, they're featuring an M1 chip, but obviously debuted earlier in the Apple Silicon Max. But the M1 chip is based on the same five nanometer architecture that the iPhone 12 series and iPad Air is based on. So what we're looking at here is 
their next gen chip technology, three nanometer chip in 2022. And what makes this even better? We've had seven nanometer, we've had five nanometer. Now we're going even smaller with three nanometers. This is the production technology. And according to the report here from Nikkei Asia, Apple's iPad will likely be the first devices powered by these new processors using the three nanometer technology. And why this is different is because the new three nanometer production process technology compared to the five nanometer tech will increase processing performance by 10 to 15% and then also reduces power consumption by 25 to 30%. That's a huge jump from one generation to another, specifically with power consumption, which results in better battery life across the board. We know this tech trickles down then from the mobile devices and it gets adapted to the larger you know, form factors eventually down the road. So this is expected to show up sometime in 2022 for the iPad Pro, and then most likely we'll see it in the iPhone, and then we'll see how it trickles down to other products. But, you know, Apple's not stopping. Apple's just made a huge leap. I mean, when it happened, when they first announced it, I knew it was a huge leap. But then once I, once you start, you know, using these products day to day, it's it was like, damn it. I don't even own an M1 processor, uh, M1-based product right now. I guess... Oh yeah, I do own the the newest iPad Pro, but it literally feels like nothing's different. So sure, I, I, I do use an M1 product, but I'm talking about like the, the Max. That's, that's where you really feel it. All right, thanks again to Literati for sponsoring the podcast. If you've always said you wanted to read more, this summer is yours for the taking. Empower your inner reader with Literati Book Clubs where you can read alongside the world's most inspiring authors and leaders. Join Malala, Stephen Curry, Richard Branson, and more on their next reading adventure. Literati delivers their monthly book picks straight to your door so you can spend less time finding a good book and more time actually reading one. Whether you're enjoying beach reads with Ellen Hildebrand or exploring mythic realms with Joseph Campbell scholars, you'll find their brilliant insights on the Literati app. Authors, leaders, and activists spark lively conversations in 12 unique book clubs, engage a diverse community of readers from all around the world, and that means you can talk about Stephen Curry's favorite books with Stephen Curry for reals. They also host exclusive interviews with the authors themselves where you can ask your biggest questions and then get the insider answers you won't find in any other book club. All book club members can shop the entire Literati library at discounts that are so steep they look like cliffhangers with many books over 50% off. Now, for me, I signed up for Richard Branson's book club because I thought that he would give me some insights into how to be more business-minded. So I'm reading a book called Happiness right now, and this is a good one because it draws on an analogy to the hours of dedication it takes to be physically fit or master a skill and how we should do the same and work and treat happiness like a skill and also how to rethink what it is in our fast-moving modern world. The Literati Book Club helps inspire better reading habits and the subscription gives me access to exclusive book clubs led by the world's most inspiring people. Reimagine what a book club can be. Redeem your free trial at literati.com slash applebits. Head to literati.com slash applebits to learn more and read more with Literati. Literati.com slash Applebits. All right, I know you want iPhone rumors or reports or leaks or or however you want to categorize them. So the latest rumor from Max, Max Weinbeck and Everything Apple Pro, they actually put this out like at the beginning of the week, but obviously because of the time of the show, it changes, but I'm still going to deliver this to you. According to Mike's, Max Weinbeck, the new iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 lineup as a whole will 
potentially bring a slightly bigger wireless charging coil in this year's iPhone. So that will not only bring improved heat management and higher wattage, but it could be paving the way to bring us finally reverse wireless charging, according to Max Weinbeck. Now, here's the thing. He talks about this wireless reverse wireless charging has been around on Samsung phones, on I think Xiaomi phones. I could be saying, I could be guessing that it is either Huawei or Xiaomi, but it's been on phones since 2018 and it works. I can charge my AirPods uh, charging wireless charging case on the back of a Samsung Galaxy product since I think the S10. I can put a f- iPhone on the back of an S10 and higher and charge it if I want to. And some people are saying, okay, uh, I want to conserve my battery as much as possible and I don't need this. And my response to that is, it's actually really cool because let's say you're traveling and you plug in your phone to charge it. Well, you can just rest your Apple Watch or your AirPods Pro or AirPods on top of the phone and then you don't have to bring two wires or two cables or multiple cables and they can both charge at the same time overnight. That is one reason why it's cool. Also, when you're in the go and you're like in a fix, yeah, you will use some of your phone battery, but why not if you can? It's just a feature that you can either take advantage of and completely ignore or use once in a blue moon. And I know it's not going to be the fastest. Typically, wireless charging um, via this method is just five watts. But still, I like the flexibility to have that. And I don't think I'll do it all the time, but I think when I'm traveling, I'll definitely do it. So that's the latest report. But back in February, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman said that reverse wireless charging capabilities are unlikely to even show up on the iPhone at any time in the near future. So you kind of like put your hand up and do like that 50-50 wave move that I'm doing right now and saying, oh, okay, maybe. I don't know. I'd love to hear what you guys think about reverse wireless charging. Is this something that's important to you? Is it kind of like, oh, that's a nice feature that's been around for three or four or five years by the time the iPhone gets it. So it's nice, but it doesn't make a big deal for me. I mean, I'm still wondering how you guys and gals are doing with the newest public betas if you've installed them. I don't really use my phones that much different. And my iPad, I was never big on the multitasking feature and it is much cleaner to use, but I'm still not really using it yet. Yet, that is. Uh, Maybe if I really start, you know, I guess if I was doing eBay and surfing the web at the same time or Twitter and surfing the web at the same time, that might be my top use for it. But normally when I'm on my iPad, I'm just consuming content, whether it's watching movies, reading comics, or surfing the web, or doing Apple News. I'm not doing multiple things on it. That That's just me. So we have the claim that, okay, maybe reverse wireless charging, but maybe not. Also, we know that in the iOS 15 beta, you can use portrait video or portrait mode on video during FaceTime calls. And so Wineback saying, hey, this is going to be a feature that's in the new iPhone standard camera app. And that's kind of cool, but it still looks like you're in a Zoom call. And so I'm 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 not I'm still not too high on that as being, oh, I'm gonna, you know, this I can be uh this is gonna really enhance the videos that I put out. I, I don't think so. It, it still just looks really zoomy. If, if if that's a word, zoomy. Another report, iPhone 13 models may or may not feature 120 hertz. ProMotion displays. Now, here's the thing. In in this year, in the iPhone 13, we're expecting the Pro models, iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone 13 Pro Max, to include the 120 hertz refresh rate 
That's been widely reported. Again, we won't know until it's actually happening. And I still think 120 hertz is great on a larger display where you feel it more. On an iPhone, I don't think it's it's not something that I got to have. It's like, oh, that that's nice to have. Uh, other phones have had that for two or three years. I think specifically with the iPhone, it doesn't really change the experience that much overall. But it's a welcome addition. The report says that, okay, just like Apple has done before where they take a feature, they put it on like a Pro or Pro Max model, they'll eventually trickle it down to all the models the following year, even though, let's be real, they probably could have squeezed it in. But they didn't because they've got to have something new for the next year and really do this slow, slow burn because all of us in the ecosystem are staying in this ecosystem and are contributing to the slow, slow burn. But either way, 120 hertz coming to potentially all iPhones, iPhones 14 in 2022. If you're hoping for something to come out this year, I know a lot of you are waiting for AirPods Pro 2, what is going to happen? Well, according to Ming-Chi Kuo, AirPods Pro 2 will not see the light of day this year. In fact, they're going to be pushed out to 2022 in the latest investor note. Now, part of this, who knows if it's the chip supply chain thing. I mean, there a lot of tech is being affected by this chip shortage, so we can't understate that and just be above it in our first world problem lives and be like, oh, why isn't it coming? Well, there, there's actually a legitimate chip shortage affecting every single electronics company. Now, according to the report, AirPods demand is slightly lower than expected for the remainder of this year. Forecast by Quo, we're putting it somewhere around 70 to 75 million. Um, but earlier, it was at 75 to 85 million. That's not the biggest dip, but okay, roughly a, somewhere around like a 10 million drop in expected units from early in the year. It's because the market is pretty saturated, but there's still also a lot of people that haven't purchased AirPods Pro yet. So this new AirPods Pro expected in 2022, and we know that we've heard rumors of maybe a potential redesign where the stems aren't as prominent. Maybe the stems aren't even there. That's being tested, but it hasn't been finalized, and there's been no reports specifically coming out from um, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who really first reported on what Apple's doing with the AirPods Pro two or the second generation ones the biggest thing is believed to be sensors that are going to be in the airpods pro that would possibly help with fitness and then also work with other devices because earlier um kevin lynch who's the guy you see in all the apple videos that does the apple watch talk um during the keynotes and is the product manager in that space he talked about how you know Apple's looking at sensor fusion and they already do some sort of sensor fusion with some of their devices. And when you think about that, we're talking about what sensors are in the iPhone, what sensors are in the Apple Watch and what sensors are in the AirPods. And he said that that could be a place to explore and look into. So if we think about this, AirPods Pro 2 in 2022 with updated motion sensors to maybe focus on fitness tracking and better tracking in that way, that's interesting. And we're just going to have to see how it applies to everyone. Um, but that's where we're at with AirPods Pro 2. So, you know, I'm sorry to let you down. That That's probably like the easiest buy for a lot of people. Like, oh, upgraded AirPods. You know, geez, I ideally keep it under 250 or at 250. Or maybe who cares? Just buy the first generation AirPods Pro because those are more than good enough for most people. 
Sticking with audio, HomePod users, my friends, my family, we are a dying breed or a small community. The original HomePod models appear to be failing at an increasing rate according to multiple forums and talks between users, complaints on Twitter and Reddit. And what some of the pieces are starting to come together, and maybe you are affected by this, but weren't sure what was happening. According to what people are kind of trying to put together, if you are running the beta version of HomePod 15 software, it might be affecting you, but also people are using the latest uh, HomePod 14.6 software, specifically people that are using it as stereo speakers for Apple TV have found that suddenly they just stop working. And this has happened to some people that have multiple HomePods where some of the HomePods die out, but what has at least been it looks like it's connected to more than anything else is if you're using them with the stereo setup running um, an Apple TV with tvOS 14.6 and the HomePods running 14.6 or the beta 15 software updates. That's not a good look. I'm sorry if you're one of those people. I've never tried to even pair mine to a TV just because I do have a, a surround sound system I invested in a long time ago, but yikes and at least from what i can tell up to this point there has not been a solution for it yet but everyone's just kind of pointing saying okay this this could be the issue um some technicians have advised people to unplug their home pods and stop using them until the next software update that's never a good thing that's not good news to hear uh good news for spotify users spotify has introduced a new beta that's available to download again it is a beta so be aware for native M1 Mac support. So this is an app that's optimized for the M1. Off the top of my head, I'm like, how much how much more benefit can you get from running in a music playing app that's streaming audio? But I guess more than anything, it's nice to have a native app, but also, you know, you don't have Rosetta running in the background, which is freaking efficient. But also maybe there are performance benefits that happen behind the scenes that I just don't see. But even at that, this is, you know, the heavy lifting on this app is pretty minimal it's i don't even i shouldn't even use the word heavy lifting it's not a heavy lifting app but it's coming out m1 native it's in a beta right now but that's a good sign because uh soon all your stuff will be m1 compatible i'm still waiting for premiere but that's just me also um apple recently and spotify together you might have gotten a notification on your phone but if you have an apple watch and you use spotify they just made it they've just started rolling out the ability to download Spotify tracks directly to your Apple Watch to have them so then you can access them and playlists when you're on the go directly from the Apple Watch. I love that. Absolutely love that. And my final piece of news here, if you're wondering about the AirPods Max and what you can do to somehow acquire them and not pay $549 on Amazon right now, the Space Gray have dropped to $477 and 77 cents that's a 71 dollar discount and is an all-time new low if you're trying to get these guys under 500 dollars. i think other colors are still a little higher blue and green are 489.99 but the space gray which are pretty popular and they honestly look really dope uh, also they sound great but if you've seen you've seen my review already if you haven't check it out um are they really worth it that that's what we that's what we kind of find out in my my answer to that question is always, a, is it worth it to you? Because I'm not going to judge how you spend your money. I, 
there's certain things but there are blatant like blatant uh this is not worth it and i will point that out but uh based on how they sound how they perform and their features of the ecosystem they're quite honestly in my mind actually priced right compared to the competition i'm not saying i wanted to spend 549 dollars, but they're pretty darn good but you know if you're on a tighter budget i would absolutely point you towards the sony xm4s or even shoot xm3s i mean you can find them under 300 dollars these days and they don't have all the ecosystem benefits but you play with the sound equalizer that comes with it um the weight their Bluetooth, they they sound amazing too. Um, but I, you know, I give the edge to AirPods Max, but you're also paying almost twice the amount of money. So that's I, most people don't want to do that. Most people, I know some of you Apple people, y'all crazy about that. All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening to the Apple Bits XL. Before we go, we got to give big big thanks to our friends who are supporting the show at the Patreon platinum apple level that's the 100 level brandon ledford gil cabrera wesley freighter Jarrett Lewis, and atari koenig said thank you for your contributions thank you for your support thank you to all of you who continue to support me continue to support my content and continue to support this show we'll be doing our exclusive zoom one hour hangout uh this coming week it's kind of one of the perks you get as a supporter again early access to content benefits at every level and completely ad-free version of the show patreon.com slash brian tong is how you support me but that's going to do it for this episode everybody we're going to kind of still wait and see what else is coming out what else is dropping if you're playing around with the betas i asked last week to call in and let me know what you're thinking but you know what i I actually think it's a good thing that not too many of you are calling because that means you're not putting it on your primary device which i always advise people to never do i don't even care if it's the most stable just play it safe and you can wait especially with ios 15 you are not missing that much it's keeping it real all right everybody take care be safe we'll talk to you soon it's the apple bits xl baby peace